0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Mother-in-Law's Day. Never heard of that one before, did you? Maybe I should suggest it to Hallmark and get a copyright on that. Happy Mother-in-Law's Day. Now, relationships with mother-in-laws can be interesting, can't they? Those of you who have a mother-in-law. Well, I would like to speak highly of my mother-in-law, who is now sainted and in heaven, Audrey. We had a great relationship, first and foremost, for giving me my beautiful, phenomenal wife. Secondly, when I was going through the seminary, college in the seminary she would call me and encourage me out of the blue she liked to talk she would be one that would always sit and listen to my sermons i'll never forget sitting in their living room in fredonia wisconsin and my mother-in-law would be patient with my first sermons and listen to me never really critiquing but always just being encouraging isn't that great to have a mother-in-law like Audrey Yago. Simon Peter had a mother-in-law, and they had a great relationship too. You know why I know that? Because she was sick, and Peter cared for her enough to bring Jesus to the house. Now, I'm not sure what uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law thought about him quitting his job and following Jesus. I don't know, she could probably question what kind of living there was in being a preacher. I guess that Jesus coming to their home and healing her helped smooth things out a bit. Peter wasn't home much after that. In fact, they left the very next day. Before that, it, Peter's house was where they were staying. It was Quite the day there, wasn't it? The whole city, Mark tells us, was gathered to gather at the door that evening. And as soon as the Sabbath was passed at sundown, they came out in, in droves with the sick and the demon oppressed, all kinds of people, all kinds of problems, all kinds of diseases, all wanting to see Jesus, all wanting to be healed. And Jesus had compassion and all of their degradation. Then, after a busy night and much sleep, Jesus—not ri- much sleep—Jesus rises. We're told very early in the morning, while it was still dark, to go and pray, to do his devotions. Certainly, a good lesson for all of us. But when Peter and the others found him, Jesus says, "It's time to go. No long goodbyes." No more healings in Capernaum. Jesus simply says, let's go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Notice what Jesus didn't say, that I may heal there, that I may cast out demons there. He says, only that I may preach there. And With that, we get an insight into Jesus and why he came and what he did. He was preaching. He preached with his words, yes, but... Not only that, his healing was really preaching, his cleansing lepers was really preaching, his casting out demons was preaching. That's why he didn't let the demons speak. They weren't authorized to preach, not ordained. He was. So when Jesus says, let's go down, let's go out to the next towns that I may preach there also, it's not that he's not going to heal folks there. He will, and he does, to Jesus healing and cleansing and casting out demons is preaching. Preaching is who he is and what he's come to do. The Word made flesh, God in the flesh. The miracles, however, get all the attention, don't they? These are the stories we like, and that's why we still want today We want healing from our sickness, solution to our problems, providing for the things that we need and want. And we pray for all these things, don't we? And that's not wrong to pray for all these things. We should. Jesus wants us to. They're all good prayers. Our Father loves hearing from us. He wants us, like the people of Capernaum that day, to come to him, With everything. Every care, every burden, every sickness, all of our demons. But have you ever prayed for preaching? There's a great prayer in the front of our hymnal. You can take a peek. It's on the very first page. It is for the blessing of the Word. It is a very powerful prayer. Lord God, bless your Word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a Word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who've come to the saving faith. May your Word pass from the ear to the heart from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life, that is you have promised that your word may achieve the purpose for which you send it. It is a great prayer. You see, Jesus didn't come just to provide temporary relief from trials of this life. He came to overcome much worse than our sickness and trials. He came to overcome sin for us, and by overcoming sin, also overcoming death and the grave, so we could have a life that is eternal as it was meant to be. All the people he healed, well, they were going to get sick again someday, some way, and they would die. And what then? Without preaching, all we have are memories. Without preaching, all we can do is try to celebrate a life now ended while crying and grieving a loss that we cannot undo. But with preaching, we have hope that our loss can be undone, of life not ended, of forgiveness for our regrets and of memories still to come, because preaching, true preaching, Christian preaching, Jesus preaching, gives us all that. That's why Jesus preaches that all may know that God is here to save us, to save we who cannot save ourselves. Which brings me back to my mother-in-law, Audrey, who got sick, And on her deathbed, what I did was I preached through the hymns and prayers and liturgy of the church. Why? Because she couldn't save herself, and I couldn't save her either, but Jesus came to save her. Oh, we think that we're going to save ourselves by saving our planet. by science and medical technology making us live longer than ever. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's okay to do those things, and perhaps even good. We should take care of each other and our planet, care for the creation that God gives to us and explore it, but those things aren't going to save us. They can't, for all those things assume our problem is man-made, and so the solution will be man-made. But it's not true. It's a lie. Our problem is death. Death that doesn't just happen, but is the punishment of sinners for their sin. And there's only one who can get us out of that, and that is Jesus. Consider what we heard from the prophet Isaiah today. Did you hear that? God is so great, so vast over all of creation that we're like grasshoppers to him. Perhaps I'm more like a cockroach to him. Even the people we think in this world are great, like princes or rulers, or maybe we would say sports stars or celebrities. They die and they get blown away like stubble, like tumbleweeds in the desert. God created the stars and the heavens and calls them by name and brings them out and keeps them all there. And maybe, Isaiah says... It seems that we're so little, so insignificant that our way is hidden from our Lord and that our right is disregarded, that maybe we don't really matter, Isaiah ponders. But then Isaiah says, wait a minute. Have you not known, have you not heard that you do matter? Your way is not hidden and God does regard you and me, little you and me, sinful you and me. For our great and awesome and powerful God comes to give power to the faint and and strength to the weary and not just for this life here and now with just healing and strength for a little while but even when you fall exhausted into death there is hope for those who wait for the Lord. You shall be rewarded. You shall rise up mount on wings like eagles to a life no longer burdened and affected by sin, a life that will never end. And our great and awesome and powerful God did that by becoming weak like you and me. Born a baby, lying in a manger, and then he did that by being condemned of our sin and dying like you and me, crucified and laid in a tomb, And then he did that by rising from death to a life that you can no longer be burdened or affected by sin, overcoming all of that for you and me. How about that, Isaiah preaches. And at Peter's house that day and throughout all Galilee, Jesus proclaimed that, that God is here to save you and me. Jesus preached that, his miracles preached that, and his resurrection preached that. And then the apostles went out and preached that. And most of them were martyred for that preaching. But death could not take the life that had given to them by Christ. So their martyrdom preached that too, of this confidence and joy that we have in the face of death. The confidence and joy, as we heard, caused Paul to become all things to all people because Jesus became one thing for all people. The savior of all that's why he came you are why he came that no cancer no fever no virus no demon not even death would have the final word he does and his word is this arise and you will and audrey will all weakness and illness is gone, your sin gone, your death gone, and only life left standing. Did the folks in Capernaum understand that that day, when they came back the next morning and Jesus was gone? Probably not, but they would. When the tomb was empty and the apostles preached the resurrection, demons are bad, but hell is worse. Sickness is bad, but death is worse. Problems are bad, but condemnation is worse. And all that worse, Jesus has come to overcome for them, for you, and for all people. And now the church today proclaims that. We don't preach on how to have a better life or how to be a better person. We preach Christ Jesus and him crucified. For if you have Jesus and his life, all of the rest will come. So come and receive his body and blood. The demons don't want anything to do with this. It is the strength that you and I need, the forgiveness of our sin that we need. And the ancients called it the medicine of immortality. Then go into your town, your homes, your communities, wherever you are sent, and live in this confidence and joy. By the way, if you're able, pick up the phone, text your mother-in-law, and tell her how much Jesus loves her, too. And while you're at it, tell your family and your friends and your neighbors to come and see and hear the hope that we have in Jesus. The hope that they can have, too. Have a happy Mother-in-Law's Day. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.